Hi, and welcome to Transparent with Tina. I am Tina Marks, your host. Today's guest is a doctor in divinity. She trains spiritual entrepreneurs, coaches, practitioners. She also has a podcast and an amazing story. Up next, Dr. Aaron. Welcome back. And we are here with Dr. Aaron. Hey, Dr. Aaron. So glad to finally meet you in person. Well, not in person, but kind of the closest we can get to in person, right? I just, I connect with you so much. The first time we talked on the phone, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be a soul sister for sure. You're based in such truth. We come from a metaphysical background. So going to be excited for this conversation. I am so excited. And I'd like to interweave that with all my interviews, but I mean, we can go deep today, which is, I just, it's like candy. It's like, let's go deep. My, we need some deep. Let's do, let's do for some deep, right? Yeah, exactly. So we start off. Okay. So everybody, you found your purpose. Okay. But I want to, I want to start off, go back before you found your purpose and how you found your purpose. I think something really, happened to you. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a really important conversation, especially now with this lockdown pandemic and the world and the great awakening. I think people want meaning more than ever. We find that we need meaning. So for me, you know, I grew up in a very chaotic uh, upbringing. I grew up kind of in like a hippie commune almost in the hills of Santa Barbara. My parents were divorced. It was like the riffraff. I was born in the seventies. It was like the leftover residuals of the sixties. It was like none of the parents had any, you know, principles. They all were kind of like doing drugs and sleeping with each other. They were trying to find themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and I grew up in Santa Barbara. I was uh, date raped in high school, had bulimia from 17 to 20. And I thought if I just get married, then all my problems will be resolved. Right. So I got married at 21 years old. I got pregnant and I was full-term pregnant in nursing school, no money. I was waiting tables. Like I was so broke, Tina, you have no idea. And I were you were you you were married though, right? I mean, you was husband. married, but he was broke too. You know, I moved to Utah to be with this guy. I didn't even know it was like it was crazy. And here I was, I was full term pregnant, and all of a sudden one day my baby stopped moving in my belly. And in what to expect when you're expecting that book said if your baby stops moving, you should go get it checked out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get it checked out. And it was 5 p.m. The doctor had gone home. The nurse is like, no problem. Let's take in the back. And she put on the little lube and went on my belly. And, she, and we both kind of looked at each other. And right away, we saw there was no heartbeat. So I went in and I had uh, basically, they're like, look, you can either go home, you can start labor, or you can give birth to your you know, baby. I was like, what? Like, I'm 22. I'm a baby. And I'm like, I've got to give birth to my dead baby. You so know? you knew for a fact, without a shadow of a doubt, that your baby was not alive. Yeah, because they do a full ultrasound, and they, they like they took him over to the regular hospital. So and you go in, you go into. I was full term. I was like, full term. like yeah, uh huh. So you go in for six hour labor, you birth your dead baby, you take pictures with your dead baby, you, you know, you bathe your dead baby, because this is part of the grieving process, and you go home without your dead baby. I was loony to any, the next day I woke up and I thought, I didn't get the right pictures with my dead baby. <laughs> this is like, totally like, she's not well, right? Um, Wait a minute, I, you, first of all, you're the only person that I know has ever experienced this, but when you're saying when you, you take pictures and you bathe them and everything else, this is what the, this is coming from you or this is what the no, hospital says? This is what the hospital recommends for you to grieve and stuff. Yeah. 
So the wow. next morning I went alone. Don't ask me where my parents were or my husband and I were, I have no idea. And I went alone to the mortician's house and I come in with like this bag of clothes. Like I didn't get to get the right pictures with the right clothes. And the mortician's like, oh, sweetheart. Oh yeah. Your baby's been in formaldehyde for 24 hours. And, but I'm going to set up a room and you can take as much time as you need. And I go down, he, you know, has me sit there for a few minutes. He's, he preps everything. And I go down into this room in the basement, literally red drapes on the walls. He closed the door behind me. And it's like a scene out of the movie, out of a movie. Like I'm literally like walking towards this hospital bed in the middle of the room. I drop the bag of clothes. I realize I'm not going to be taking pictures. And I go over and I'm looking down this body and I'm like you know that lump in your throat feeling like you're the most alone you could ever be I didn't even believe in God but if if there was a God you know how cruel could God be Mm -hmm. and I was just crying and crying and then just something happened I was just like he's gone his body's here we're not these bodies and I just I made a huge commitment and as we know in everything in life it comes down to commitment I just decided I was like I don't know how I don't know where I don't know when but I'm going to figure out what what the hell we're doing here mm-hmm. and it set me on what's now you know been a 25 year track of seeking truth and become a spiritual practitioner a new thought metaphysical minister and a doctor of divinity so yeah i mean not how you think you'd find your purpose but so up until that point what was your understanding with god i didn't believe in god my mom was very anti anything with religion because my father had left to go find himself and and like joined a cult so my mom was like completely against anything that was, you know, religious whatsoever or spiritual or anything. Interesting. Okay. So where, so what happened then? What was your first steps toward? Yeah, I had no money. I was waiting tables. I was like, you know, so I basically, um, I just started seeking. I, I grabbed books. I went to every, I began to have more money. I began to be able to get to seminars and everything. And then it just kind of snowballed as we know that, the formula is always the same for purpose and it really is your triumphs. So whatever pain you've gone through the triumph plus your passion, plus your skill set. that's really the formula I've used. It works, you know, it's not the truth, but it's a formula that seemed to be, I've worked on children and adults and CEOs and celebrities and everything. The formula is always the same. Tell, tell us the formula one more time. It's triumphs. Triumphs. Yeah. So you've got to do your inner work. You got to do your healing. You got to do your trauma to be able to get that triumph. Okay. Okay. Because basically trauma minus emotions equals wisdom. Okay. So yeah. So your triumph. Very true. Very true. Triumph plus your passion plus Mm -hmm. your skill set. So that means that say the same person went through what I went through. They may have a, a calling to do spiritual awakening and help spiritual entrepreneurs, but they may be doing it completely different because maybe their passion is not entrepreneurship like mine is. Maybe they love to go out into, you know, wilderness, then they end up having, you know, a business that's based and taking people off into retreats into the mountains, right? So mm-hmm. our passion is going to play and how you figure out your passion is really you ask, if you want a hundred million dollars, you know, what would you be doing with your life? If money didn't matter, what would if you be money doing? money didn't matter, what would that's you be- your passion. Yeah. When, so let me just break it down this way, because at first it was a little hard for me to get around my head about the triumph. So could you say basically from any trauma, whatever you've learned from that, that would be your triumph? 
That's a real divine calling, right? People are looking for what's my purpose and you can have a little surface purpose, but if you want to get to your core legacy that you're leaving here, you're Uh really completing the DNA and the cycle of your entire lineage. Yes. That makes sense. That makes sense. So you've got to really go into those pain points of actually really being the difference that you want to see in your own life and for the world. Absolutely imperative. And I think that most people will do anything. And I know for the longest time, I was the same way. I mean, I had my head in the sand, you know, anything that was too painful for me, whether it was somebody getting something that I wanted and I, you know, now they're bad or, you know what I mean? But look, she doesn't have that. Or, you know what I'm saying? Instead of lifting each other up, which is I've gotten to a place at that point, really what it was, it was me being so hard on myself. And that's why you're hard on other people. But when you really truly embrace yourself and you love yourself, you're happy for other people because there is no um, dividedness. Yeah. Right. Isn't that, that's the one principle we teach in new thought movement. The primary principle is oneness. And so you know, that's why awakening people is so important because when you, when I start awakening, you know, you just start getting like, well, Tina is me and, you know, Trump's me too. You know yeah. what I mean? So uh-huh. like, how do we find compassion? Right. How do we find something that is, it doesn't mean we don't have laws. It doesn't mean we don't put boundaries. It doesn't mean we don't, you know, whatever, but we have to find your commonality and build off of those for sure. And what would you say to somebody that says, well, you know, there's people that do evil things right? So how could that be part of me? Or how can, how am I supposed to accept that and love them? I mean, what would you say to somebody like that? So we teach that there's nothing evil external to us, that there's only the misuse of law. So in law, universal law, how we manifest, how we create, we can create harmony and heaven on earth, or we can use the same law, the same direction of energy, but invert it for discord and, you know, basically hell on earth, right? And so that's why we have laws. That's why we have these things so we can agree upon what is inbounds and out of bounds. The origin of evil is out of bounds. So the sun would be evil if it was out of bounds, right? Anybody would be evil if they're out of bounds. So it is our collective that we decide what is the laws. And right now, obviously we're going through a lot to figure out because the lawmakers have been, you know, in a lot of discordance and in integral and themselves. So what do we do then? You know, what do we do then? Comes back to the power of the people. Where are you spending your money? What are you supporting? And it's up to us each individually to create our own boundaries in our own lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one thing that I was thinking about today and um, the word God, okay, was always really difficult. I even hesitated before I just said it now mm-hmm. because it's, I, I, I listen to Joyce Meyer. Do you know who she is? Yeah, of course. I love her. I, I really identify with her because she yeah. cracks me up and she says it the way it is. And I love that about her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but her along with, you know, other preachers, of course. it's him. Mm-hmm. When they refer to God, it's him, you know, and yeah. I really Let just stops me, me dead in my tracks. I'm sorry, but I have a problem with it too. And I'm a minister. Okay. So first of all, let's just get this straight. God was never a word. It was actually developed um, by, I believe, the Germans, right? So it's not, it feels off because it's not truth. 
It's not their original. Thank word. you. You're the first person that yeah, ever. It's not told the original word. And God is not a man. God is not a woman. woman. It's all of us. It's our essence. And yes. so, absolutely, this is one of my missions, Tina, because it's such a pet peeve of mine when you say God, He, and I'm like, no, oh. I'm sorry, no, this doesn't work for me at all. Well, well, yeah, because then it's really hard for you to get your head around the rest of it because. Yeah. So the way I look at it is God, God dwells in us as us. Yes. We're all just pure essence, pure spirit, pure energy, pure vibration, you know, and then you have people that, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of backlash saying, well, you're not God. If you're saying God lives within you as you, you're not God. How dare you say that you're God? Well, yes, it's kind well, of, we have I- to recognize who is Tina. Tina is the individual consciousness. She's also the collective consciousness. She's also the cosmic consciousness. So who Tina really is, is the I am. Tina, the individual, is the expression of a divided self experiencing itself as a divided self, but not a divided self. So we have to make, we have to re-educate. You know, we've been lied to. Yes. And we've been lied to, and we've been lied to. So the yes. only thing that will free any of us is truth. That's not exactly thing. exactly and this is why i really wanted to talk to you and really clarify this first of all i'm glad that you said that i'm going to go back to that the god word in a minute when you said mm-hmm. that's not that that really wasn't that somebody the germans named that but i like to think of it as um a beach okay so there's a there's all the different pebbles that's like you and i were the, but the whole mass of the beach is would be gone would that be a, a good analogy would you agree with something like yeah. that I would say yes and no, because me individually is not just me. I am, I may be experiencing myself in this body, but I'm not this body. If I close my eyes, so if you close your eyes or if you're watching or listening right now, if you close your eyes and you can do anything in consciousness, you can go to the past, the future, you can Mm. go up to the ceiling of the sky of your room and flip around and come back down in consciousness, right? You can go anywhere. That's the truth of who you are, your consciousness. You're not the experience through these five senses. Yes. Your eyes are having that experience, but the truth of who you are, you can tap in and feel the collective consciousness and feel the heaviness of everything going on. I can go to anybody that's even transitioned. All relationships are eternal. So consciousness is everywhere omnipresent and that's who you are. Yes. Do you believe everybody has the ability to be psychic if you really become in tune to this? I think that being psychic is natural. It's not supernatural. It's natural. It's natural. And I think that how we live is unnatural. Yes. We've been taught everything kind of backwards, right? And like, I'm going to go to something that you just referred to, which is, I think a lot of people cannot embrace this because they don't feel that we go beyond our senses, our five senses. Mm -hmm. If you can't see it, touch it, smell it, it doesn't exist, right? But it does exist. It's science. We're not saying anything that's so woo-woo. It's straight up science now, right? It is, right. It's not new age. It's not Pollyanna. It's not a religion. It is based on science. So. So what kind of schooling did you get? You became a practitioner first and then was it a minister after that? Yes. And then you got your doctorate, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. where did you, where did you um, go for? I went through what's called Centers for Spiritual Living, which used to be Science of Mind, but we cha- they changed the name because they didn't like it. People mixed it up with Scientology. It's not that. Right, and, right. I have my yeah. first and second year there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, Emerson, Emerson mm-hmm. Theological, um, mm-hmm. and was studying under James Mellon at Global Truth Center, but all amazing work, all alternative, and all teaching metaphysics. 
of right. life. And I feel like it's better than any university's um, teaching, in my opinion, because I absolutely, you know, you know it, and I have a passion to get this into the uh, school curriculum. I mean, yeah. I just um, interviewed um, Brandon Dawson and we were talking about, he said, you know, he had a, I mean, he's made amassed so much money in, in businesses and he's a, he's a real leader. And he, you know, he had a grade point average of like 2.4. And he first said in the interview, he says, you know, I just, I, I just didn't like to learn. And at the end of the interview, he said, I want to bring that up because I, I had a hard time believing that somebody that has amassed as much as he did and is as passionate as he is, doesn't like to learn. He said, you know, so he brought it full circle and said, I didn't like learning in the, in the classroom. Yeah. And I, you know yeah. what, I, why isn't this being taught in our classrooms? Do you have an answer for that? Well, I mean, you have to understand that, you know, just like in today's world, a lot of the, uh, it's suppression, you know? And so um, the, you know, I I think it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because as you talked about earlier, sorry, my, my camera sometimes goes out of there. It's better. Um, You know, when the church came along and people began to get burned at the stake and awful things happened with the church, then of course, I think it was a natural thing for people not to have want religion in schools, but we need to not throw out the baby with the bath bath water. Exactly. And we have to get back to the basics. You know, I too came home the first day of school and I walked in the house. My mom said, and like, whatever, whenever I was old enough to walk in the house of first grade or whatever. And I said, how old do you have to be to quit school mom? And she went, Oh no. You know? And the point is none of it made sense. Why do I want to learn about geography when I haven't learned about how my mind works? Totally. Makes no sense. And we don't even teach ourselves that we're the creator of our emotions. The moment I put a positive or negative meaning on something, I instantaneously experience a positive or negative feeling and emotion and experience and the outpictures into the circumstances of my life. It's ridiculous that we're not teaching our children this. And guess what? This is why it's perfect because there's going to be a lot of mental illness Mm -hmm. And it demands, there's a law that brings back to equilibrium. So we're swung way out here in the insanity and it has to come back in. And that's why these breakdowns are for the breakthroughs of what's going on in the world and how mental illness will demand us to find ways of restoring the mind, which is going to be truth. It's the only way to restore the mind. Exactly. Now, um, we talk about universal laws and the metaphysical approach and the practices and the way to live. What would you say to somebody that says, how does that fit in with the Bible? Sure. Well, the Bible is, there's two types of people either. Well, there's three types of people. (laughs) There's people that don't hate the Bible. There's people that are Bible thumpers and they take it actually as fact. And then there's other people that interpret it from a metaphysical standpoint. Yes. From a metaphysical standpoint, the Bible is teaching us that everything is going from slavery to freedom and everything that is feminine is considered the soul and the subconscious mind. And everything that is masculine is, is what is we consider the conscious mind, right? So we do refer to the Bible. We refer to all sacred texts. We refer to philosophy and we refer to science. So the Bible for me is what Christ was teaching is you too will do greater things than I. Christ never wanted to be a religion. He was not Christian. There was no such thing as Christianity. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to teach us our own powers. He was saying, it's done unto you as you believe. Mm -hmm. And what is, what's really going on is because why does someone care about this? Okay. So if you're out there listening and are watching, you're thinking, why the hell do I care about this? Well, 
For example, if you want success in your personal professional life and there's something you don't know why, you, what's stopping you, you either need to figure out your purpose or you keep sabotaging things or it's like knowing what you should eat, but you don't eat that or you mm-hmm. know what you should do but you, because that's called the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm which we call the soul or the subjective mind. Mm -hmm. So if you don't deal with that, it's like going against the grain. You're going to try and have success, but you're going to keep sabotaging or, or you just won't be able to have it. Right. So to deal with the soul, you can say subconscious trauma, whatever you want to say it, it's imperative to understand how you work. It's like a manual. We never got the manual. We get a car. Someone teaches us how to use the car. We have a manual for the car. Mm-hmm. Here we are in these bodies. We're not these bodies, but we never have given, been given the manual. So mm-hmm. the metaphysics is really understanding how you manifest, how your circumstances are coming about, and how your mind is really creating the reality. And, and how divinely orchestrated it really is. So Perfect. people that, that, that don't really know the difference between the subconscious mind and the conscious mind, the subconscious mind is the order taker. Okay, so it doesn't decipher if that's something you really want or not. So if, for example, I tell my clients all the time, you know, if only speak and think of things that you want, because every time, you know, like I use this example all the time, have you ever noticed somebody says I'm broke? Well, that person stays broke because you're telling your subconscious mind, they're going, your subconscious mind is like, I guess she wants to be broke because it doesn't decipher if that's what you want. I mean, it doesn't have the power to do that. It just make sure brings about situations that will make sure that you continue to stay broke, right? So it's about going in. First step would be, I, I, I tell my clients is self-awareness, is understanding, catching yourself when you are, that comes out of your mouth. You know, you can't control what thoughts come in your head, but you can control what thoughts stay in your head, right? Because I mean, thoughts are going to float in and out of your mind all day long. You know, I think on average, there's 55,000 thoughts that go through your mind every single day. And unfortunately, 85% of those on the average person are negative self-limiting beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? And if you don't understand this or believe this, you know, it's just not random. It's not like certain people get all the, oh, they got all the success. You know, they were born into money. They, they're thinner than me. They're prettier than me. They're, no, no. And even people that don't even understand the laws, they're still working the laws. That's how they become successful. Because you can, you, you, you see this everywhere, right? You see people that are just manifesting all over the place and maybe they don't even know about, they don't even know the word metaphysics, but they are in compliance with the law. Um, and there's many people out there that go, well, I can't just tell myself I'm rich and then it's going to happen. Well, the thing is that, yes, we know the power of mind. We know the power of, of what we speak into the world. But it's also people don't get that they need to deal with their trauma because what happens is we, sub, we, we, program, we program the subconscious mind. And even science will say that it's whatever, 97% of your actions is coming out of your subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So we, we program it through high states of vibration, which is generally trauma backed by I'm not enough. I'll never love again. Money's the root of all evil and so on and so forth. And it just tells the little soldiers of the subconscious mind. It just as so it is. So you can be positive all day long and say, I'm rich, I'm rich. But if you have commands that have been done through trauma that are money's the root of all evil and I'm not enough, you're never going to overcome that belief until you neutralize those traumas. And that's what we do in the E4 trauma method. And it is profound what happens to people in their shifting of their life, because they can try and be positive. They can try and speak into existence, but if they haven't dealt with those core, core traumas, it's just, it's just fake. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. 
And, and I want you to, to walk us through that. But for, for me, for example, when I had the trauma, um, first of all, we don't forgive ourselves. I mean, I didn't forgive myself no matter what it was. So, I mean, if, until you embrace, and I think that's where you're going with this, until you accept, and it's very easy for us to accept all the things we like about ourselves. But you know what? There are imperfections. There are, there are things that just need to be healed. And trauma that was maybe inflicted upon you that you had no control over when you were a child, you know, you are labeling that in your head. Maybe somebody said you're a bad kid or my parents, I didn't feel like they loved me. So you drew that out your own conclusion or whatever. So instead of looking at that, you know, we turn our, our, our backs against ourselves. And so what happens? Then we get filled with shame, you know, and Abraham Hicks, you know, the emotional scale, which is, I think, hold on, it's right under here. It, it fear, grief, desperation, despair, and powerlessness is the lowest vibration. Jealousy, insecurity, hatred, those are right near the bottom. Joy is up on the top and appreciation. But, you know, we basically, we've, we've turned ourselves against ourselves, right? Yeah. Because we feel so much shame and guilt. For what reason? You know, until you start going, no. It's almost like how you would talk to a little child. That's how I kind of started healing myself. I started talking to myself as a child saying, what do you need? It's okay. You did the best you knew how. Yeah. You didn't know well, there's, there's three ways to reprogram the subconscious mind. Okay. There's one is neutralizing the negative mental pictures through the trauma. Yes. The other is through invoking what we call spiritual mind treatment or affirmative prayer, where we mm -hmm. speak it into, we speak it with such feeling and, and conviction that we declare the truth into consciousness. Or the third way is through what you would call the daily spiritual, what you're talking about. You, you would keep knowing the truth, keep knowing the truth and keep building that muscle. Mm -hmm. But primarily the negative connotation and those high, high states of trauma are done specifically by what we call the E4 trauma method. So what we do, is we actually go back into reverie around that traumatic incident and we scan over the mental pictures and neutralize it. You scan over it, telling the exact facts without any, any backstory or any meaning around it. And you state the facts and you feel the emotions fully over mm -hmm. and over again, mm -hmm. basically the, it's E4. So what you do is you, you experience it, you re-experience it as if it's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And then emotions, I'm sorry, evaluation, you don't evaluate it because the only way emotions can stay or trauma can stay on the track is if you keep putting meaning around it. Mm -hmm. And then the third is emotions. You want to fully feel the emotions until they are fully experienced. And then number four, you want to look at the enlightenment. Basically, what did you learn out of this? What decisions, what limited beliefs did you tell yourself about yourself? about others in life and what new declarations you want to make for your life. And it's amazing what happens to people when they actually release, I'm not enough. It'll yeah. still maybe come up as some mind chatter, but it's not going to come up as a big like reaction. And so you're freed up in the kind of prison of that puppet string of the command going over and over in your life. So super important. Exactly. You know, you, you, I'm so glad that you, you explained that and you explained it so well. It's almost like when they say, um, you know, so many people give up like right before the miracle, right? Mm -hmm. I write about, uh, I write about it in my book, The Domino Effect. And I said, um, what I have found is that, okay, you start experiencing or maybe going back or thinking about the traumatic event, you know, it's getting oh my God, this is getting a little heavy. I'm breathing pretty quickly and it's, it's escalating. And we cut out at the peak. Mm. And if you just hung on a little bit more, then it's going to start going back down the ladder. But when you cut out at the peak, first of all, your imagination is 
huge, right? It's, it's maybe not even a trauma that's happened to you. It's foreseeing something that could happen. I call them the why ifs. I mean, the what ifs, you know? So what if this happens or what if that happens? And we, we, we think our way all the way through to the scariest point, And then we abandon the situation and abort the idea because we say, there's no way that's too scary. As opposed to just continuing it all the way through. And I did this on myself, I think about 15 years ago. And I went, okay, so what if that happened? So it got me all the way to my death. Well, if that happens, if that happens, that then I'll die. And then it's like, all right, I get to meet my maker. And I was like, it just, everything shifted for me because it was like, you know, that's would be the worst case scenario in somebody's eyes. But you know what, what you're saying is if you can embrace the whole idea, you can embrace yourself, learn the lesson because you, people are too trapped behind the fear unless they do what you're, what you're talking about. This exercise they are going to stay trapped behind the fear, not going to learn the lesson, not move forward. Right. Yeah. I mean, most people are avoiding pain and discomfort their entire life. And, and then what happens? It's just nowhere to live. And then, yeah. yeah, that's where addictions come in. That's where, you know, emotional eating comes in this one, drinking too much, smoking too much, everything. Right. So, and, and that's why people can't let go of that. And, you know, you also talk about heaven and hell. Okay. And you say that that's right here on earth. I mean, it's right here, right now. Exactly. <laughs> I exactly. Can, I can create hell in 2.5 seconds with the power of consciousness. And I can also create heaven in 2.5 seconds. Exactly. Now, is there a, when you talk about affirmations, I do affirmations. I write down affirmations every morning. Do you have a morning routine that, you know, you're a human being too. And I know that yeah. you, you're, you're saturated in this. And the more that you are doing this as your purpose, it's a constant reminder because whenever you're opening your mouth is probably talking about this, but is there some kind of morning routine that you develop for yourself that you do sure. to kind of keep you on track and keep you? It's changed a lot, you know, over the years, you know, like, I think there's a time and a place where you're doing all your awakening and you're like in it, I used to be hours and hours of meditation every day, you know, and I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. For me, it comes down to one thing and one thing only, and it's moving energy through the feeling. So I can, I can definitely get into meditation and just allow myself to merge with my higher self and allow my expanded consciousness and for the truth to stream in. But for me at this point, it's more about invoking and moving energy. So we teach what's called, you can call it spiritual mind treatment or for a prayer, which I know you know. And basically what we're doing is we're directing energy upon mind for a specific demonstration and manifestation. Mm -hmm. So basically I ask myself, you know, who do I need to be to be the mental equivalent of what I want to experience in my life? And so if I'm not in that state or that mindset or that skill set, I need to know it in mind first that it's possible and feel it as if it's happening already because the mind does not know reality from fantasy. It just, it's the biofeedback and it's a scientific thing as well. So for me, the greatest work that I do as a CEO is getting my mind right. Really being able to know for sure, whatever it is that I feel, whether it is you know scaling the company or having a deeper relationship or whatever that is, if I can't believe it in mind and see that and know in mind, it's not going to happen in the out picture. And so my job is to really know that with conviction. I spent a lot of time um, listening to music that I get really, you know, pumped up about and speak my truth and, and feel it as if it's happening already. So that's, that's my, and it doesn't always happen first thing in the morning. I'll do it whenever, whenever my mind starts spiraling, I'll do it multiple times throughout the day if I need to. Right, exactly. So is this, um, when you talk about the spiritual mind treatments, you can do that on the phone, you can do it in person, right? It's just, you can, it, 
for people that are religious, it would be like praying over somebody, right? I mean, it's done in the present. I mean, because I know what a spiritual mind treatment is. It's done mm-hmm. for health. It's done for, you know, uh, moving forward in your business or, and, you know, I believe in the power of numbers as well, right? So if well, you have- Well, that is say, actually like the, the um, mental cure movement happened when tuberculosis was really coming about in the 1800s and every, people were dying. Like, it's so fascinating because right now we're going through COVID. Well, this is nothing compared to what we were going through with tuberculosis. People were dying. I mean, Emerson, I think he was three of, of eight boys that that survived, you know what I mean? Like, this is where the great minds came from. It's the suffering. You know, so know that the greatest blessing of our life is always the suffering. It's always in that it's it's in that gem. Absolutely. Absolutely. So and now that we are talking about um, illnesses and we're and we're in covid, um, what are your thoughts and feelings about your mental state in health and or declining health or curing a disease or. I think that anything and everything is possible with the power of mind, Mm -hmm. however, people may not have a powerful mind, you know, Mm -hmm. so they can't just pretend to think, oh, it's going to be all good. And it's going to be all good. If they can't have the conviction of their mind, then we have to recognize that this is a masterclass. Okay. So why does a Ram Dass or some great, you know, advanced spiritual leaders have illness or get paralyzed or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, we need to get over the concept that disease is a bad thing. Okay. In that I just had somebody reach out, they work with disabled children. And she said, how do I make sense out of law of cause and effect with somebody that's disabled? They feel like something's wrong with them, that they cause this for themselves. And I go, first of all, let's get it straight. We need to rename that super abled, not disabled, because you signed up for a masterclass that we don't get to all go into. You get developed at a level that we don't even get to get to develop that way. We need to shift what we're up to here. We're here in a growth and a masterclass to understand and develop consciousness and form. We're not here to, you know, win the rat race of materialism. We're here to experience the depths of our soul and form and learn how to direct energy upon mind. So if somebody considers that getting sick is a bad thing, then so it is. It is right. not a bad thing. It is all for our development and for us to realign. And as a culture and world culture now, that a global community, we have to um, you know, take care of our animals and we have to take care of our water and we yes. have to take care of all these things. These are just outpicture of our cause and factor, guys. We're all responsible. No one can point the finger at anybody. We all did this. Every last one of us. Exactly, and you know, I, I, I can, I, I can completely speak to that because when I got cancer, I just finished writing my first book, um, the Domino Effect: Fear versus Faith, and never once did I was like, why me? In fact, I went against my doctor's um, advice, and I did not do the radiation. I'm so glad that I didn't because it's 12 years now. Could have ravaged my body, but it would have been, um, what's the word? Not a failure, but. The fact is, I'm grateful, and I even write about this, I'm grateful that it happened to me because it, it, I, it made me take notice of what I was doing to my body. There's a reason my body got sick. Yeah. It was the way I was treating it, whether it was my thoughts or what I was consuming, my environment. I mean, I was always stressed out. And you know what? It, it I had one of two choices. I could either shift or continue on. And I talked to so many people that get cancer, and then it comes back. I'm like, have you changed? Have you changed your lifestyle? Have you changed your thoughts? Have you changed your, well, no. Well, it's not like your body is screaming at you going, it's asking you to please take notice. And there's something that's 
not in alignment here. Don't you don't just cut it something. out. You cut it out, it comes back, right? Um, so yeah. it is, it can be a blessing. It's all the way you choose it. So if somebody is just getting started and all this is like, people don't, you know, like somebody's tuning in right now, okay? And they're like, where would I even, where would they yeah. start? Dr. I would Young. highly recommend a couple things. Number one, I'd find a community that is, truth-based. There's great centers for spiritual living. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I have a community, New Thought Global and Soul Society. Wherever it is that you find a community that's based in truth, that's what I really recommend. Mm -hmm. The first, the biggest thing that I'd recommend is doing trauma work. Trauma work is, the out of all the work I've worked on, different clients, celebrities, CEOs, trauma work is by far the biggest shifter out of all of it. And then, of course, getting some type of a daily spiritual practice. There's so many free guided meditations and things you could do out there. So I would say for sure, you know, th those three things, getting mm -hmm. your daily spiritual practice, having a community and doing your trauma work. Okay. So tell us about society now that you brought it up. Sure. So the umbrella for all of it is New Thought Global. We've just launched that because we had Soul Society. Soul Society is really all about getting educated as soulpreneurs, as spiritual coaches, really helping understand and live these distinctions. New Thought Global, we're actually going to be where our ministry will be coming about. And we are training practitioners and New Thought ministers and doctors of divinity. So it's super exciting. And some people just come into the community because they just love the spiritual community. Other people, we have a lot of soul-based entrepreneurs. So is that going to be a brick and mortar? I don't know. You know, right now, um, it's funny because if you have a center, a spiritual center or a church, legally, you have to have uh, you have to have Sunday, a place to have Sunday service right but now with the whole world. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. So one, as the way I'm understanding is one place is you are going to be able to get the message. And the other one is you're going, you're training people yes. to become practitioners and, yes. and, and learning how to do all that. So society mm -hmm. is where you learn to become a practitioner and um, yeah. so forth. They can come in as, as regular community as well. But if you reach out on social media, I'm drerin.tv, which is D-R-E-R-I-N.tv. And we have tons of free gifts, guided meditations, everything. And you can begin to consume my podcast as well. I teach a lot on there. So, you know, I think it's just, you just start reaching for it, kind of feeling if it feels like it aligns. When I found this work, which I'm sure like you, was like, why were we not taught that? Oh yeah, no. I, I was like, yeah. this is like basic one-on-one of life. Like really? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's absolutely what saved my life. I mean, many, many times over. And now there is nothing that is more important in my life. I mean, I absolutely completely surrendered to it. And I was talking about this the other day. It's like it, you know, I used to be kind of, um, what's the word? I mean, like one toe in, one toe out. It's like, I- you know, I believed it when it worked and, oh, well, you know, I, I still all, and I, I don't know if this happens to you too. I still am genuinely surprised when it works, you know, I mean, it's like, I know it, I speak it, I tell anybody that'll listen about it, but I still am genuinely surprised when that is really the true nature of, mm -hmm. of it all. Right. Yeah. And so I don't have one second ever that I know it doesn't work because it is, yeah. It is, but though I think the challenging thing for me sometimes is I know it works so it works with such precision that when you're experiencing something that is not what you want to experience, you're like, oh, this is this is what's still going on in my consciousness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know how I get through that when it's it always say appears because it's always an appearance, right? 
And first of all, I go, I lean into it because I know that the universe is trying to teach me something. Something is, is, is longing to be healed. I need this new information. And the good news is I lean into it and I embrace it and I don't resist it because I know it's like being a, like a, like a slingshot. Okay. When a slingshot is being pulled backwards, it's getting ready to launch. And that's how I feel. The, the worst trauma is, mm-hmm. isn't that true? The, 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 and you know what? It is so true. So true. And I think we forget that so much that it's a, we're in a relative universe. So in order to go to the next level of heaven, you got to go through a little bit of hell to be able to get that, that slingshot you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And you know what, listen, if everything went correctly, we would take everything for granted. You know, there's the ebb and the flow, you know, and, and, you know, and there's so many times like, God, just when everything was going well, this is, you know, me about maybe seven years ago. But I'm going, you know, no. And, and all of a sudden, when it feels like everything is happening, all of a sudden, nothing's happening. That's, you know, maybe the time for you to reflect, reset, take some time off. I mean, we're not machines. It's, it allows you to do that. I feel that way. I used to feel that way when I got sick. Because if I didn't get sick, I'm just running myself into the ground. So I think God was kind of the universe, whatever you want to call it, was just like, Okay, you need to rest. So now I'm going to make you sick. Now you can't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> your Always bed. perfect. Always yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. exactly. Well, such a pleasure having you on and you're only two hours away, which I'm so excited about because we are going to get together Definitely. very soon. We have set, we have, we have a big, big message and um, you're just amazing. And so the best way to reach you, Dr. Aaron is through your website or um, you can reach me on social media as drerin.tv or it's aaronfallhaskell.com or Soul Society, which has an E on the end or yeah. New Thought Global. So it's all, it all goes to the same. There's different links. In with the and, and your podcast is on like all the platforms. All the, yeah. And I just teach, I just teach on there. I do an 11 to 22 minute. Um, I teach universal law and metaphysics and new thought. Oh, right on. How perfect yeah. is that? That yeah. Start with your uh, daily routine right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. so excited to finally meet you in person. And thank you so much for everything that you do. Super Me excited. too. Thank you. Ser- seriously, my pleasure. Well, thank you for tuning in. I hope you all got a lot out of this. I know I did. And um, just keep keep going. Keep Keep moving forward. Be open. Be receptive. You know, it's really all at your fingertips. And you know what? You can make your life exactly the way you want to, you know, Tune into Dr. Erin's podcast. She's, she teaches on there. Um, get in a soulful, spiritual community. You know, get your tribe together. If there are people in your life that really are not supporting you, um, don't be afraid to walk away and, and, and find people that do because that really does um, make a, a major impact in your life. Get around like-minded people. And if you're moving forward and people aren't, then it's okay to say goodbye because you know what you need to move forward in your life and you deserve all the world has to give you. Take care and we'll see you next week. All right, right on. Amazing. Yes. Oh, we got a hang girl. Mm-hmm. What's that? We got to open ministry, you know? Like, yeah, I know. We really, I mean, I know. you know, we've got to get together because, you know, I really think that we need to get this in the schools, Dr. Got to get this more than anything. Everywhere. Because if we got it in the schools, think about it, then you wouldn't have to teach the older people, you know, unwind. I mean, taking the layers off an onion is a lot harder than yeah. just integrating that to begin with, right? 
And there yep. was somebody that I interviewed, who was it that was talking about doing just that? And you know what? That's why I need this big, like, little mini vacation because I I, like one day one person's running the next. I'm like, I couldn't tell you who that was. I know, I know. But um, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. So um, I will send you, there's like four interviews before you that are being edited as soon as it is. Um, I'll promote you and then I'll send it to you and I'll you send can out it. One. Okay. For All right. Sure. Is everything, what do you, but what do you, you do coaching? Like you do one-on-one or what do you do? So well, here's like the deal. That's what Brandon was just asking me. So it came to me today. Yeah. I do one-on-one. I've been working for Tom Ferry, who is um, got the largest real estate coaching company in the world. Mm-hmm. So I've been working for him for three years. And um, so my title is I'm a business coach. So I coach real estate, but honestly, what do I coach? 85% of the time is this yeah. mindset. I mean, they throw me all the clients that have emotional, you know, I think I'm the only one in in the company that really does this. All the other ones are numbers people and get on and make your phone calls. And, you know, I get a lot of people that are broken and, you know, they just, you know, somebody for the first time is actually listening to them. And I give them a morning routine and, you know, affirmations and journaling, which I turn journaling has changed my life And and a gratitude list and exercising mind, body, spirit. So I like to consider myself like an integrative peak performance coach. Mm-hmm. However, I've been thinking about this and I've been talking to my social media team and I, you know, like I've stopped taking new clients because they keep giving them this, look, I'm, I've got 40 clients. So I'm doing this show. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that. I'm a single mom to my 16 year old, almost 17 year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a man. So it's like, I'm doing it all right. And I'm just, um, I, I, my goal is to help people, but um, I think I'm going to start phasing out the coaching. Yeah. Maybe one on one is a lot. I don't do any. Well, I have a random couple high end clients, but I don't do any one on one. That's what Brandon was saying to me, too. And yeah. that's what I was just saying to my son today before I had either one of you on. I said, you know what? If I'm going to take on any more, it's going to be, you know how much he charges for an hour for one call a month? Brandon Dawson, what do you think would be high? I don't know. I'm sure it's $100,000 for one our call. What? <laughs> yeah, he's expensive. But um, so yeah, it would have to really be worth it because you know what? I'm getting to the point, I'm getting kind of snappy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really Just burned. Yeah. We're all yeah. burned out, you know? Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe courses. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my passion. I I get to learn something new. I get to handpick my people. They're coming for people are finding me now mm-hmm. and asking to be on the show. And this, I could, I love doing this, you know well, what you I mean? You could end up doing, um, you could do affiliate links, you know that. So like, say for example, you did an interview with me, then I would give you an affiliate link and then you get 50% or whatever, 20, 50%, depending on how someone works it and you get affiliate. Exactly. So exactly. They use your services, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Well, I've been, a pro- I just got approached by uh being an influencer for certain brands, you know, and they're going name your price. So we'll see. I mean, Amberly said she gets coached like three times a day. And um, so, yes, that would, so I'm trying to figure that out because, you know, I have a meeting with my social media company and at first it was going to be about trying to get, getting new coaching clients. And it's like, I, that's not, I just decided and yeah. my, my calls on Wednesday. So well, I'm you're going to take this few days to go up the coast. So maybe just think about how you want to design yeah here for yourself and maybe i'd like to do something with you too maybe do a couple sessions yeah. with you you know i've had so much trauma in my life really i've had a lot of trauma in yeah. my life 
Well, yeah. you can, I'll give you an experience of E4 trauma. Maybe you want to come in and do some, are you, you're not a practitioner already? I am a practitioner. Yes. And I just didn't get my third year. Do you want to hear something that I didn't like? Because I went back and I said, I'm ready to do my third year. And they told, this was last year, they came to my church here, it's Center of Spiritual Living. They said, yeah. oh, that was too long ago. You have to start all over again. Well, no one goes with Centers of Spiritual Living anymore because it's so, it's like, you guys, it's like ridiculous. What they yeah, do. I mean, I spent two years it's, of my life doing this and you're so going to say no? no. You can finish your practitioner with me, honey. Okay. Let me, I'm I would it. like to do I'm doing all and I'm doing all what takes them three years for 360 hours. I'm doing it in one year and I'm also having them be spiritual coaches and business coaches so they can make money. And actually like the whole centers of spiritual living is just a joke. Their entire system. It's like, you guys, these are yeah, people it is who are good in the world. Don't make it hard for them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like you're going against everything. No. You're no. And Emerson, right? who I partner with, will give you all the credits of whatever that was. You just have to prove you took those classes. Okay. I've got the, I've got the yeah. uh, certificates. Yeah. yeah. So and then I went to the hours that you did already. And it's 360 hours total. You can mm -hmm. come into the back end of the practitioner and then, you know, you may become a minister. You never know. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. You know, I think we're going to end up doing some business because we yeah. both have the same message. You know what I, I mean? Know that we both have our own special gifts. So, so is everything still on lockdown there? I mean, you can go out and get a meal and do whatever. You just have to wear your mask everywhere. Okay. It's, um, it's a little weird right now. Okay. Are you in town for a while? Mm -hmm. I'm here. Well, I was going to maybe leave Friday and Saturday, but I don't know yet. This yeah. Friday, Saturday? Yeah. I'm thinking about next Thursday or something. Or next, yeah. Let's stay in touch. I mean, I yeah. could just even run up there for the day or whatever. And, yeah. You know, I mean, come stay. Come. I have just a little like 2,000 square foot little whatever. I never thought I'd stay here for more than a year, but I have a guest room. You're welcome to stay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I might take you up on that. And when yeah. the weather gets nicer, you come down here. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, girl. All right, sweetie. Have a great week and, and so great meeting you. Seriously. So good. We're, we're going to okay. do wonderful things together. Big hugs. All right. Yeah. Bye, Stevie. Mm -hmm.